Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Back for another edition of the Bills 2019 Rewind series here on the South Sports and Stuff podcast. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, subscribing. Sal Capaccio here. Appreciate it. iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, WGR550.com, however you're listening, downloading, Appreciate you coming aboard. And, you know, this game here, the Bills and the Redskins, and yes, they were the Redskins then. That's why I'll call them that here on this podcast. I also understand that they're no longer that name. They're just the Washington football team. We don't know what they're going to be called, but just to get it out of the way right now, I'll probably refer to them as the Redskins during this particular podcast. I understand it's a word that is probably shouldn't be used in a lot of ways, but I'm always caught and conflicted between, well, should I say it because it's their team name? It was their team name. Should I not say it because it's considered offensive to people? But when the Bills played them, they were the Redskins. I'm going to probably try to use the word Washington as much as I can in this podcast, but I'll probably also say their nickname as I go forward. I wanted to get that out of the way. And this game for the Bills was one that they were coming off of a two-game, uh, I'm sorry, a loss to the Eagles after two wins against the Titans and Dolphins where they they kind of you know, did what they had to at the end of those games, the Titans and the Dolphins, and they won. And then they lost to the Eagles where they just really didn't put enough together throughout the whole game. And we talked about all of that and all of those games on the South Sports and Stuff podcast 2019 Rewind the last several episodes. So if you want to go back and listen to those, you can do that. But the Eagles game, the week before this Redskins game, this that was their worst loss of the year. It was the only time all season, in fact, that the Bills gave up more than 24 points. The only team in the NFL, the Bills were last year, to give up more than 24 points on fewer than, and, and not on multiple occasions. The Bills only did it once. Every other team did it at least twice all year. But you could sense that they just weren't playing as well as they should have been, and that was coming against the Eagles. And then the question was, okay, now can you turn it back on and get back to where you need to be against a Washington team that had only one win up until this game against the Bills, and that was a one-point win against the Miami Dolphins just a few weeks before that. Remember, they beat the Dolphins by a point. The Dolphins then come to Buffalo looking to 
upset the Bills and have them dead to rights late in the third quarter. That game turns around, and the Bills win by 10. And this particular Redskins team, to me, really should have no shot at beating the Bills, all things considered. Um, You know, they were starting Dwayne Haskins, rookie quarterback. Uh, They didn't have much to speak of on the offensive line, lots of injuries. They had a defense that hadn't been playing very well. If you go back and look at Washington's you know, first several games of the year, there's a team, like I said, they had only one win, and that was by one point against a winless Miami Dolphins team. Other than that, you take a look at some of their scores going back to the start of the season, they were giving up a lot of points. Here's what they had been giving up. 32 in week one, then 31, then 31, then 24, then 33. It was awful. Then they gave up 16 in their win against the Dolphins, 17-16. Then they're starting to play a little better. They had a uh, game that was in a quagmire against the Niners. They lost that one 9-0. Then they lost 19-9 the next week against the Minnesota Vikings. But even more so, the previous few games, they had scored 3.7 points, 17 in a win, 0-9. Coming into the Bills, they, they, they just were not a team that was screaming upset unless the Bills really did something to hurt themselves, to beat themselves. To me, there was no way the Bills were going to lose this game. And the odds makers had the Bills favored by 10 points coming in. Now, again, all that said, the Bills had not played all that well the first two weeks of the, or the, the previous two games. So you, if you were a little bit worried, I think there was some reason to be just because you wanted to see them get back on track. You also knew that this was the last of a three-game homestand for the Bills. You know, After this particular game, the Bills were going back on the road. They had a big game coming up at Cleveland the following week. Then they had to go to Miami. They come back for Denver, and then they have the Dallas Cowboys. So even though the schedule was still kind of favorable for the Bills, this was the last of the three-game homestand. They had won one game against the Dolphins. They lost one game against the Eagles, and this was their last game in the homestand. This was a chance for the Bills to go to 6-2. and two. They were 5-2 and two coming in, a chance to go to 6-2 and two against a one-win Washington Redskins team. How did it unfold? Well, this game was really one that showed us a couple of things from a couple of different players. And if you go back and you remember, Tredavious White, we just talked about how he kind of put himself on the national stage, really, a couple of weeks before against the Miami Dolphins. He had the interception at the goal line. He had the strip that turned into the uh, fumble recovery. He was named AFC Defensive Player of the Week that week. Tredavious White in this game, also very notable because this was the first game that he started shadowing the other team's top wide receiver, if you will. And the Bills obviously declared that Terry McLaurin, the rookie, was considered the Redskins' top wide receiver because they put Tredavious White on him the entire game. He had four catches for 39 yards. He made a couple of plays, nothing really to speak of. But this was the first game where we saw that. We saw Tredavious White following the other team's best player around the field quite often. It really continued for most, if not all, of the year after that, except in certain situations. It's also the game that Devin Singletary finally got his workload. It's the game he basically became the Bills' number one running back, taking over for Frank Gore. Singletary had missed three games. There was a bye week in there, but he had missed three games. But in the other four that he actually played in, before this game against Washington, he had 20 total carries through four games. In this game, he had 20 carries. So he matched his total in this game against Washington than he had in all of the other games combined. And boy, did he show up again. 20 carries for 95 yards, 4.8 yards per carry. And in this game, he 
at one point, I think he was averaging um, over 10 yards a touch, right? Because he also had a bunch of receiving yards. You have to go back and look, but he had three catches for 45 yards, 15 yards per per catch. He had 20 carries for 95 yards, 4.8 yards per carry. You add those two up, Devin Singletary had 140 total yards for the Bills on 23 total touches. He had a very, very good game and really showed why he should be the number one back for the Bills going forward, and that's exactly what happened. And for the rest of the season, Frank Gore never had more carries in one game than Devin Singletary until the finale when Singletary didn't play and he rested and Frank Gore did play. This was the game where that happened, that took place. So in the game itself then, as far as the team is concerned, the run defense, which had been leaky really for the last couple of weeks before this, got very leaky again. It was downright scary to watch Adrian Peterson right off the bat. In fact, the very first play of the game, Adrian Peterson runs for a first down. It's called back because of a hold, but he continued to run really, really well, um, for especially early on in the game. Peterson didn't wind up with completely monster numbers, 18 carries for 108 yards, but holy cow, was he good early in this game. In the first half, Adrian Peterson went for 100 yards on 10 carries. 10 carries for 101 yards in the first half for Adrian Peterson against the Bills in this one. In the second quarter alone, all right, in the second quarter alone, Adrian Peterson had seven carries for 93 yards. He also had a catch for 22 yards. So he had, what's that, 93, that's 95, that's 05, 15, 115 total yards. In one quarter, in the second quarter for Adrian Peterson, the Bills had no answer for the guy who just never seems to age and continues to go. And they had to do something about it at halftime. They ultimately wound up doing that. But this was a a theme for the Bills the last few weeks, and it wound up being a theme in this game again. Luckily, it didn't hurt them because even though he got off a little bit on the first drive, the Redskins wind up punting, the Bills take their first drive, and they go right down the field. In fact, It was one of the best first drives they had all season long. It was very creative, something they needed, and then it culminated with Cole Beasley scoring a touchdown on a pass from Josh Allen. And it was interesting because if you go back and watch the play where he actually scored, Cole Beasley, against um, the cornerback Dunbar, I tweeted out, I quote tweeted the Bills video of it. I went back and found the Bills video of that. Go on my Twitter feed, at Sports. you'll see this. And I wrote, how would you describe this play as far as great route versus poor coverage or whatever in between? Because to me, I watch it originally. I'm like, okay, that's a really good route, but oh my God, was that coverage horrible? And that is not to take away from the route from Cole Beasley. It was a a really, really good route. He comes inside. It's like a whip route. He runs inside like a little about a three, four yard in, maybe a slant even, and then goes right back to the sideline. Runs this route perfectly. He runs this route so well. And Dunbar, the corner, really had no shot. He had bad leverage to begin with. And as soon as he realized he was beat, it was, I'm not going to say he gave up on the play. It seemed like he was lazy, though, after that. Josh Allen had a really nice throw um, right on the money, right on time. Cole Beasley scores six-yard pass from Josh Allen. But I want to go back to the drive itself. This drive, to me, really was excellent for the Bills. They had a number of different sets personnel-wise. They had a number of different creative play calls. I'm going to go through some of the plays here to start. In fact, let's go through all the plays to get to the uh, the touchdown. First and 10, the Bills get it at their own 46 to start. They, they had really good field position to start the drive as it was. Devin Singletary goes for four yards. Next play, Devin Singletary goes for three yards. Next play, 
third down and three, Josh Allen to Isaiah McKenzie for 11 yards and a first down. Next play, Isaiah McKenzie again, nine yards. Bill's now down to the 27. Next play, Frank Gore up the middle for two yards. Next play, Singletary gets off tackle for 17 yards. And then the next play, he goes for another two yards. And then Josh Allen hits Cole Beasley for the touchdown. But go back and watch it if you can, the way that the routes were um, kind of working, conceptualized, the way that they were running with uh, Devin Singletary, the personnel sets they used. What's interesting is when Cole Beasley scored his touchdown, Singletary wasn't on the field. It was Frank Gore who was out there. Again, they used a really nice combination, Brian Dable did, of personnel sets, creative play calling. I really like the first drive for the Bills in this game. They wound up going up in the game 7 to nothing at the after that first drive, and really that was it. That was kind of, they shut the door after that. The Redskins had no shot after the Bills already scored a touchdown on the first drive to make it 7 to nothing. But again, they had to stop Adrian Peterson, and the Bills were doing themselves no favors. Remember what I said a little while ago. The only way the Bills were going to lose this game is if they did something to hurt themselves. If they basically shot themselves in the foot, turned the ball over, whatever. And the one way this actually was starting to happen a bit was their short yardage situation. The Bills were bad in short yardage here. Um, they had a 7 nothing lead, as I said. Then they come down, they get it to make it 10 nothing after a Stephen Hauschka field goal. The Redskins score to make it 10 to three. Then in late in the second quarter, about five minutes left, the Bills, they get the ball inside the Redskins five yard line. In fact, they were inside the two yard line and they hand the ball off basically three straight times to Frank Gore and three straight times he was stopped right at the goal line. Finally, the Bills on fourth down, let Josh Allen sneak it in for a touchdown, but it was three straight plays. And here it is exactly from the one yard line, Frank Gore up the middle, no gain. Frank Gore up the middle, or left guard, no gain. Frank Gore up the middle, no game. And then Josh Allen scores. And even then, it took a while for the referees to signal, but he was definitely in. That was a situation in which if they didn't score on fourth down, that would have been a huge momentum boost and shift for the Redskins, and they would have been getting the ball. It didn't happen. Of course, the Bills wound up scoring. It's 17-3. to And then later in the game, the Bills have a fourth down and one, and in the third quarter, they try to hand off again to Frank Gore, and he gets stopped again. So they had really shot themselves in the foot on short yardage situations, and that was something that kept coming up that you might say, okay, something you take away negative from this game. The Bills are pretty much dominating. They're not really giving the Redskins any opportunities. But, man, this game could be even further out of reach if they could convert their short yardage, or at least they should be converting their short yardage a little better than they were because they did ultimately score on that one goal line situation. Now, another way in which you keep saying – are they going to shoot themselves in the foot? Is something we've seen from Josh Allen, and that is turnovers. Now, he had been limiting his turnovers, not throwing interceptions, but we saw him fumble the previous week against the Eagles that really turned the game. Remember, in that game against the Eagles, late first half, two-minute warning, Bills are winning, they have the ball, Allen fumbles, Eagles recover, Eagles score, Eagles score again out of the locker room. The game completely turned on that Josh Allen fumble. Well, in this game, here we go. Allen actually winds up fumbling twice. And the first was in the first quarter. The Bills are driving. They have the ball inside the Washington red zone. Allen fumbles, but the Bills recover. And then the Bills wind up kicking a field goal. That was what made it 10-0. Then he winds up fumbling again a little bit later on in a situation where if he doesn't fumble, he probably picks up the first down. But he did. The Bills actually recovered the ball. Quentin Spain actually recovered it. It was at their own 25-yard line. Now, there was a gain on the play, but if he doesn't fumble, he probably gets the first down. He doesn't. That creates a fourth down. The Bills have to punt the ball away. So 
that was another way in which you felt, okay, are the Bills going to shoot themselves in the foot here? Because here we have uh, Josh Allen fumbling. Here we have a short yardage situation. They can't come up with it. These are the things that really stop better teams from beating lesser teams throughout the course of a game. But ultimately, that did not wind up happening. One thing that I really did like about the Bills and the way that they attacked this game, though, was how they attacked late. They stayed aggressive. There were less than six minutes left in the fourth quarter. Regulation time, under six minutes, 5.55 to be exact. The Bills get the ball back. They're, they're up eight points, 17 to nine. They're at the Washington 46. You're like, all they have to do is sit on the ball, let the air out a little bit. They're going to be fine. The defense is playing well. It's fine here, right? But no, they come out throwing. Josh Allen on first down throws to John Brown. It was a really nice play in the flat, caught down inside the Washington 35-yard line. Brown ultimately down at the 29-yard line. The Bills have the ball there. They go up the middle on the next play, but then on a second and eight, Allen goes deep to John Brown. This one unable to be caught, but here we are with the Bills being aggressive here. That gets it to a third and eight, and then a holding penalty sets them back. It's a third and 18, and, and I believe one of the best plays, one of the better throws of the year from Allen. He's on the move. He's going right. He finds John Brown who runs a great route on the right sideline. He throws the ball on the run, Allen does. Brown has to go up and get it, comes down, tippy-toes basically on the sideline, touches down, winds up getting the 23 yards on a third and 18. It was a fantastic play from Allen to Brown. That puts the Bills down at the 14-yard line from there. Singletary goes two yards. Singletary goes eight yards. Singletary goes two yards. Singletary goes touchdown two yards. That puts the game away. The Bills, 24 to nine. They wind up not only leading right there, but winning the game ultimately and covering the spread, by the way, because a team that, you know, you say, ah, they didn't play their greatest game. They played pretty well. They were favored by double digits. They wound up actually covering that double digit spread. 15 point win, 24 to nine over the Redskins that day. And that pushed the Bills record to six and two. That was the first time this team had been six and two since the Super Bowl years of the 1990s. Now you know that they're starting to have a season, right? Now you know, okay, here we go. Like this team can really do something special. You look ahead and you say, even the upcoming schedule isn't necessarily that daunting. Yeah, you have a talented Cleveland team that has not been playing well, which we'll talk about on the next podcast. Then you got to go to Miami again. Then you get Denver at home. Yeah, kind of a Jekyll and Hyde team, making a quarterback switch right around this time. And of course, then the schedule gets harder with Dallas, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, New England in succession, including that Thanksgiving Day game at Dallas. But right now, the Bills, after this game, they sit at 6-2, and two, and they got to go to Cleveland, and you know, oh my gosh, this team has a chance to get to 7-2 and two or 6-3, and three, which still isn't all that bad, knowing you still have to go to Miami the following week, and they're in a really, really good spot. You know, I've said it and I've talked about it with Mike Shope on WGR before. Uh, a lot last year we talked about it. The Bills really never relinquished the number five seed in the playoff race. That's what they were. They were the five seed pretty much all year. From the, from the moment they lost to the New England Patriots in week four, the Patriots went up ahead in the division. The Bills were the second team, but the Bills were the first wild card all season long. And that's exactly pretty much where they wound up at the end of the year. They never moved out of that fifth spot, the first wild card. And this really was a game that kind of even more so solidified them to go there. So this was a game to me overall, the Washington game last year where the Bills did what they had to do. Um, they weren't, it wasn't their best game of the year. It certainly was also not their worst. If you look at the stats, in fact, you know, they're pretty good for Josh Allen, 14 of 20. He was efficient, 160 yards. Didn't blow you away with that. But again, Devin Singletary running for 95. Overall, the Bill's running for 122 
on the day. That's really nice. The thing that really kind of scared you, though, was how well the Redskins ran the football. Adrian Peterson, 108 yards, at 127 total thanks to those 108. But you also know that the Cleveland Browns, they had a very nice running game that was going to bring to the table against the Bills, and they were going to use it the following week. So that's what we're going to talk about the next time when we get together on the Sales Sports and Stuff podcast for the Bills 2019 Rewind. Bills 6-2, and two, headed to Cleveland. We'll talk about it next time. Once again, download, subscribe, throw me a nice review if you can on iTunes. Thanks. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.